0: CD 10. A galaxy of candles burned in the middle of the floor. In the corroded mirrors around the room, they looked like the lights of a shoal of deep sea fishes. William walked past overturned chairs. There was one upright, though, behind the candles. He stopped. Ah, William, said the chair. Then Lord de slowly unfolded his lanky form from the embracing leather and stood up in the light. Father? "'said William. "'I thought you'd come here. "'Your mother always liked the place, too. "'Of course it was different in those days.' "'William said nothing. "'It had been. "'I think this nonsense has got to stop now, don't you?' "'said Lord de "'I think it is stopping, Father.' "'But I don't think you mean what I mean,' said Lord de "'I don't know what you think you mean,' said William. "'I just want to hear the truth from you.' "'Lord de sighed. "'The truth?' "'I had the best interests of the city at heart, you know. "'You'll understand one day. Veterinari is ruining the place.' "'Yes. Well, that's where it all becomes difficult, doesn't it?' "'said William, amazed that his voice hadn't even begun to shake yet. "'I mean, everyone says that sort of thing, don't they? "'I did it for the best. "'The end justifies the means. "'The same words every time.' "'Don't you agree, then, that it's time for a ruler who listens to the people?' "'Maybe.' Which people did you have in mind? Lord de mild expression changed. William was surprised it had survived this long. You are going to put this in your rag of a newspaper, aren't you? William said nothing. You can't prove anything. You know that. William stepped into the light, and Lord de saw the notebook. I can prove enough. That's all that matters, really. The rest will become a matter of... "'Inquiry. Do you know they call Vimes Veterinari's terrier? "'Terriers dig and dig and don't let go.' "'Lord de put his hand on the hilt of his sword, "'and William heard himself think, "'Thank you. Thank you. Up until now I couldn't believe it.' "'You have no honour, do you?' said his father, "'still in the voice of infuriating calm. "'Well, publish and be damned to you, and to the watch.' "'We gave no order to—' "'I expect you didn't,' said William. "'I expect you said, "'Make it so,' "'and left the details to people like Pin and Tulip, "'bloody hands at arm's length. "'As your father, "'I order you to cease this—this—' "'You used to order me to tell the truth,' said William. "'Lord de Word drew himself up. "'Oh, William, William, don't be so naive!' William shut his notebook. The words came easier now. He'd leapt from the building and found that he could fly. "'And which one is this?' he said. "'The truth that is so precious it must be surrounded by a bodyguard of lies? "'The truth that is stranger than fiction? "'Or the truth that is still putting on its boots when a lie is running round the world?' He stepped forward. "'That's your little phrase, isn't it? It doesn't matter any more.' "'I think Mr. Pin was going to try blackmail, and, you know, so am I, naive as I am. "'You're going to leave the city right now. "'That shouldn't be too hard for you. "'And you had better hope that nothing happens to me, or anyone I work with, or anyone I know.' "'Really? Right now!' screamed William, so loud that Lord de Word rocked backwards. "'Have you gone deaf as well as insane?' Right now, and don't come back, because if you do, I'll publish every damned word you've just said. William pulled the disorganiser out of his pocket. Every damned word, do you hear me? And not even Mr. Slant will be able to grease your way out of that. You even had the arrogance, the stupid arrogance, to use our house. How dare you? Get out of the city, and either draw that sword, or take your hand off it. He stopped. "'red-faced and panting. "'The truth has got its boots on,' he said. "'It's going to start kicking.' "'His eyes narrowed. "'I told you to take your hand off that sword.' "'So silly, so silly! "'And I believed you were my son.' "'Ah, yes, I nearly forgot that,' said William, "'now rocketing on rage.' "'You know one of the customs of the dwarfs? "'No, of course you don't, because they're not really people, are they? "'But I know one or two of them, you see, and so—' "'He pulled a velvet bag out of his pocket and threw it down in front of his father. "'And this is,' said Lord de "'There's more than twenty thousand dollars in there, "'as close as a couple of experts could estimate,' said William. "'I didn't have a lot of time to work it out, "'and I didn't want you to think I was being unfair, "'so I've erred on the generous side.' "'That must cover everything I've cost you over the years—school fees, clothes, everything. "'I have to confess you didn't make such a good job of it, given that I'm the end result. "'I'm buying myself off you, you see.' "'Oh, I see. The dramatic gesture. "'Do you really think that family is a matter of money?' said Lord de "'Well, yes, according to history. Money, land, and titles,' said William. "'It's amazing how often we failed to marry anyone "'who didn't have at least two out of three. "'Cheap gibe, You know what I mean.' "'I don't know if I do,' said William. "'But I do know I got that money a few hours ago "'off a man who tried to kill me.' "'Tried to kill you?' "'For the first time there was a note of uncertainty.' "'Why, yes, you're surprised,' said William. "'If you throw something into the air, "'don't you have to worry about where it bounces?' "'Indeed you do,' said Lord de Werd. "'He sighed, made a little hand-signal, "'and William saw shadows detach themselves from deeper shadows. "'And he remembered that you couldn't run the de Werd estates "'without a lot of hired help in every department of life, "'hard men in little round hats, "'who knew how to evict and distrain and set man-traps. "'You have been overdoing it, I can see,' said his father as they advanced. "'I think you need, yes, a long sea voyage. "'The Isles of Fog, perhaps, or possibly Forex, or Bang Bang Duck. "'There's fortunes to be made there, I understand, "'by young men prepared to get their hands dirty. "'Certainly there's nothing for you here, nothing good. "'William made out four figures now. "'He'd seen them around on the estates.' They tended to have one-word names like Jenks or Clamper, and no visible pasts at all. One of them said, "'Now, if you'll just see a bit of sense, Mr William, we can all do this nice and quiet.' "'Small sums of money will be sent to you periodically,' said Lord de Word. "'You will be able to live in a style which—' A few wisps of dust spiralled down from the shadowy ceiling, twirling like sycamore leaves.' They landed next to the velvet bag. Overhead, a shrouded chandelier jingled gently. William looked up. ''Oh, no,'' he said. ''Please, don't kill anyone.'' ''What?'' said Lord de Otto, shriek, dropped to the floor, hands raised like talons. ''Good evening,'' he said to a shocked bailiff. He looked at his hands. ''Oh, what am I thinking of?'' He bunched his fists. "'and danced from foot to foot. "'Put them up in the traditional ankh mo'pok pugilism!' "'Put them up,' said the man, raising a cudgel. "'Blow there!' "'A jab from Otto lifted him off his feet. "'He landed on his back, spinning, "'and slid away across the polished floor. "'Otto spun round so fast that he blurred, "'and there was a smack as another man went down. "'What's this? What's this? "'I'm using your civilised feasty-cuffs, "'and you don't want to fight?' he said. "'Springing back and forth like an amateur boxer. "'Ah, you, sir, you shall fight!' "'The fists blurred into invisibility and pummeled a man like a punch-bag. "'Otto straightened up as the man fell "'and absent-mindedly punched sideways "'to catch the charging fourth man on the chin. "'The man actually spun in the air. "'This happened in a few seconds, "'and then William got enough of a grip to shout a warning. "'He was too late.' Otto looked down at the length of sword-blade sticking too far into his chest. "'Oh, Phil, you look at this,' he said. "'You know, in this job I just cannot make a shirt last two days.' He turned to Lord de Ward, who was backing away, and cracked his knuckles. "'Keep it away from me,' shouted his lordship. William shook his head. "'Oh, yes,' said Otto, still advancing. "'You think I am an it?' "'Well, let me act like an it.' "'He grabbed Lord de jacket "'and held him up in the air with one hand at arm's length. "'We have people like you back home,' he said. "'They are the ones that tell the mob what to do. "'I come here to Ankh-Morpork. "'They tell me things are different, "'but really it is always the same. "'Always there are damn people like you. "'And now what shall I do with you?' He wrenched at his own jacket and tossed the black ribbon aside. I never liked the damn cocoa anyway, he said. Otto! The vampire turned. Yes, William, what is it you wish? That's going too far. Lord de Word had gone pale. William had never seen him so obviously frightened before. Oh, you say? You think I bite him? Shall I bite you, Mr. Lordship? Well, maybe not. "'because William here thinks I am a good person.' "'He pulled Lord de Word close, "'so their faces were a few inches apart. "'Now maybe I have to ask myself, "'How good am I? "'Or maybe I just have to ask myself, "'Am I better than you?' "'He hesitated for a second or two, "'and then, in a sudden movement, "'jerked the man towards him. "'With great delicacy, "'he planted a kiss on Lord de Word's forehead.' "'then he put the trembling man back down on the floor "'and patted him on the head. "'Actually, maybe the cocoa is not too bad, "'and the young lady who plays the harmonium, "'sometimes she winks at me,' he said, stepping aside. "'Lord de Word opened his eyes and looked at William. "'How dare you!' "'Shut up,' said William. "'Now I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. "'I'm not going to name names. "'That's my decision.' I don't want my mother to have been married to a traitor, you see. Then there's Rupert, and my sisters, and me too. I'm protecting the name. That's probably very wrong of me, and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to disobey you one more time, in fact. I won't tell the truth, not the whole truth. Besides, I'm sure that those who want to know these things will find out soon enough. And I dare say they'll sort it out quietly, you know, just like you do. Traitor! "'whispered Lord de Word. "'That is what people would say.' "'Lord de Word nodded, like a man caught in an unpleasant dream. "'I could not possibly take the money,' he said. "'I wish you joy of it, my son, "'because you are most certainly a de Word. "'Good day to you.' "'He turned and walked away. "'After a few seconds, the distant door creaked open and shut.' quietly. William staggered to a pillar. He was shaking. He replayed the meeting in his head. His brain hadn't touched the ground the whole time. Are you okay, William? said Otto. I feel sick, but, yeah, I'm all right. Of all the bone-headed, stubborn, self-centred, arrogant. But you make up for it in other ways, said Otto. I meant my father. Oh. He's just... "'So certain he's in the right all the time. "'Sorry, this is still your father we're talking about? "'Are you saying I'm like him? "'Oh, no. "'Quite different. "'Absolutely quite different. "'No similarities whatsoever. "'You didn't need to go that far,' he stopped. "'Did I say thank you?' "'No, you did not.' "'Oh, dear.' "'No, you noticed that you didn't, so that is okay,' said Otto. "'Every day, in every way?' "'We get better and better. "'By the way, would you mind pulling this sword out of me? "'What kind of idiot just sticks it in a vampire? "'All it does is mess up the linen.' "'Let me help,' William gingerly withdrew the blade. "'Can I put this shirt on my expenses?' "'Yes, I think so.' "'Good. "'And now it is all over, and time for rewards and medals,' "'said the vampire cheerfully, adjusting his jacket.' "'So where are your troubles now?' "'Just starting,' said William. "'I think I'm going to be seeing the inside of the watch-house in less than an hour.' "'In fact, it was forty-three minutes later that William de was helping the watch, "'as they say, with their inquiries. "'On the other side of the table, Commander Vimes was carefully re-reading the times. "'He was, William knew, taking longer than necessary in order to make him nervous.' "'I can help you with any long words you don't recognise. he volunteered. "'It's very good,' said Vimes, ignoring this. "'But I need to know more. I need to know the names. "'I think you know the names. Where did they meet? Things like that. I need to know them.' "'Some things are a mystery to me,' said William. "'You've got more than enough evidence to release Storvettinari. "'I want to know more.' "'Not from me.' "'Come on, Mr. DeWord, we're on the same side here.' No, we're just on two different sides that happen to be side by side. Mr. DeWord, earlier today you assaulted one of my officers. Do you know how much trouble you are in already? I expected better of you than that, Mr. Vimes, said William. Are you saying I assaulted an officer in uniform, an officer who identified themselves to me? Be careful, Mr. DeWord. I was being followed by a werewolf commander. I took steps to... "'inconvenience it so that I could get away. "'Would you like to debate this publicly?' "'I'm being an arrogant, lying, supercilious bastard,' thought William, "'and I'm good at it. "'Then you give me no choice but to arrest you for concealing.' "'I demand a lawyer,' said William. "'Really? And who did you have in mind at this time of night?' "'Mr. Slant.' "'Slant? You think he'll come out for you?' "'No, I know he'll come out, believe me.' "'Oh, he will, will he? Trust me.' "'Come now,' said Vimes, smiling. "'Do we need this? "'It's the duty of every citizen to help the watch, isn't it?' "'I don't know. "'I know the watch, think it is. "'I've never seen it written down,' said William. "'There again, I never knew it was the right of the watch "'to spy on innocent people.' "'He saw the smile freeze. "'It was for your own good,' Vimes growled. "'I didn't know it was your job to decide what was good for me.' "'This time Vimes won a small prize. "'I'm not going to be led, either,' he said. "'But I have reason to believe that you are withholding information about a major crime, "'and that is an offence. "'That's against the law. "'Mr. Slant will come up with something. "'There's some precedent, I'll bet. "'He'll go back hundreds of years. "'The patricians have always set great store by precedent. "'Mr. Slant will dig and dig, for years if necessary.' That's how he got where he is today, by digging. Vimes leaned forward. Between you and me and without your notebook, he muttered, Mr Slant is a devious dead bastard who can bend such law as we have into a puzzle ring. Yep, said William, and he's my lawyer, I guarantee it. Why would Mr Slant speak up on your behalf, said Vimes, staring at William. William matched him eyeball for eyeball. It's true he thought, I'm my father's son, all I have to do is use it. Because he's a very fair man, he said. Now are you going to send a runner to fetch him, because if you're not, you've got to let me go. Without taking his gaze off William, Vimes reached down and unhooked the speaking tube from the side of his desk. He whistled into it and then put it to his ear. There was a sound like a mouse pleading for mercy at the other end of a drainpipe. <coughs> Vimes put the tube to his mouth, Sergeant, send someone up to take Mr. De word down to the cells, will you Vimes sighed and replaced the pipe. He got up and opened the door. Fred send someone to take Mr. Word down to the cells, will you? He yelled, I'm calling it protective custody for now. He added, turning to William, protecting me from whom? Well, I personally have an overwhelming urge to give you a ding alongside the ear, said Vimes. "'and I suspect there are others out there without my self-control.' "'It was, in fact, quite peaceful in the cells. "'The bunk was comfortable, the walls were covered with graffiti, "'and William passed the time correcting the spelling. "'The door was unlocked again. "'A stony-faced constable escorted William back up to Vimes's office. "'Mr. Slant was there. "'He gave William an impassive nod. "'Commander Vimes was sitting in front of a small yet significant pile of paper "'and had the look of a beaten man.' ''I believe Mr. Dalward can go away,'' said Mr. Slant. Vimes shrugged. ''I'm only amazed you aren't asking me to give him a gold medal and an illuminated scroll of thanks, but I'm in bail at one thou... ''Ah!'' said Mr. Slant, raising a grey finger. Vimes glowered. One hundred Ah!'' Vimes grunted and reached into his pocket. He tossed William a dollar. ''Ear,'' he said, with extensive sarcasm and if you aren't in front of the patrician at ten o'clock tomorrow, you've got to give it back. Satisfied? he said to Slant. Which patrician? said William. Thank you for that smart answer, said Vimes. Just you be there. Mr Slant was silent as he walked out into the night air with his new client, but after a while he said, I have presented a writ of exeo carco cum nihil preti, on the basis of... "'Olfacere violarum, and sine plenis piscis. "'Tomorrow I shall move that you are ab harmo, "'and in the event of this not working, I... "'Smelling of violets,' said William, "'who had been translating in his head, "'and pockets full of fish. "'Based on a case some six hundred years ago, "'when the defendant successfully pleaded "'that although he had indeed... "'pushed the victim into a lake. "'The man came out with his pockets full of fish "'to his net benefit,' said Mr. Slant crisply. "'In any case, I shall argue that "'if withholding information from the watch is a crime, "'every person in the city is guilty.' "'Mr. Slant, I do not wish to have to say "'how and where I got my information,' said William. "'If I have to.' "'I shall have to reveal all of it.' "'The light from the distant lamp over the watch-house door, "'behind its blue glass, illuminated the lawyer's face. "'He looked ill. "'You really believe these two men had accomplices?' he said. "'I'm sure of it,' said William. "'I'd say it's a matter of record.' "'At that point he almost felt sorry for the lawyer.' "'but only almost.' "'That might not be in the public interest,' said Mr. Slant, slowly. "'This ought to be a time for reconciliation.' "'Absolutely. "'So I'm sure you will see to it that I don't have to pour all those words into Commander Vimes's ear.' "'Strangely enough, there was a precedent in 1497 "'when a cat successfully... good. "'And you will have one of your special quiet words "'with the Engravers Guild? "'You are good at quiet words. "'Well, of course I will do my best. "'The bill, however... "'Won't exist,' said William. "'Only then did Mr Slant's parchment features "'really crease up in pain. "'Oh, bono! publico he croaked oh yes you will certainly be working for the public good said william and what is good for the public of course is good for you isn't that nice on the other hand said mr slant perhaps it would be in the interests of everyone to put this high affair behind us and i will be uh, happy to donate my services thank you Mr. Scrope is now law. Lo- uh, is now the patrician? Yes. By the vote of the guilds? Yes, of course. The unanimous vote? I don't have to tell. William raised a finger. Ah, he said. Mr. Slant squirmed. The beggars and the seamstresses voted to adjourn, he said. So did the launderers and the guild of exotic dancers. So. That would be Queen Molly, Mrs. Palm, Mrs. Manger, and Miss Dixie Voom, said William. What an interesting life Lord Vettinharry must have led. No comment. And would you say Mr. Scrope is looking forward to getting to grips with the manifold problems of running the city? Mr. Slant considered this one. I think that may be the case, he conceded not least of which is the fact that Lord vetinari is in fact completely innocent, and that therefore there is a very large question mark over the appointment. Would you advise that he takes up his duties with several spare pairs of underpants? You don't have to answer that last one. It is not my job to instruct the Assembly of Guilds to reverse a legitimate decision, even if it turns out to have been based on erroneous information nor is it my responsibility to advise mr scrope on his choice of undergarments see you to-morrow mr slant said william william barely had time to undress and lie down before it was time to get up again he washed as best he could changed his shirt and went cautiously down to breakfast he was in fact the first at the table There was the usual stolid silence as the other guests gathered. Most of Mrs. Arcanum's boarders didn't bother to talk unless they had something to say. But when Mr. Mackelduff sat down, he pulled out a copy of the Times from his pocket. "'Couldn't get the paper,' said Mr. Mackelduff, shaking it open. "'So I got the other one.' William coughed. "'Anything much in it?' he said. He could see his headline from where he sat, in huge, bold caps. "'Dog Bites Man.' He'd made it news... ''Oh, Lord Vetinari got away with it,'' said Mr McIlduff. ''Well, of course he would,'' said Mr Prone. ''Very clever man, whatever they say.'' ''And his dog's all right,'' said Mr McIlduff. William wanted to shake the man for reading so slowly. ''That's nice,'' said Mrs Arcanum, pouring out the tea. ''Is that it?'' said William. ''Oh, there's a lot of political stuff,'' said Mr McIlduff. ''It's all a bit far-fetched.'' ''Any good vegetables to-day?'' said Mr. Cartwright. Mr. McIlduff carefully inspected the other pages. "'No,' he said. "'My firm are thinking of approaching that man "'to see if he'd let us sell his seeds for him,' "'Mr. Cartwright went on. "'It's just the sort of thing people like.' "'He caught Mrs. Arcanum's eye. "'Only those vegetables suitable for a family environment, "'of course,' he added quickly. "'Aye, it does you good to laugh,' "'said Mr. McIlduff solemnly. "'It crossed William's mind to wonder if Mr. Wintler could grow an obscene pea. But of course he could. "'I would have thought it's quite important,' he said, "'if Lord Vetinari isn't guilty.' "'Oh, yes, I dare say, to them as has to deal with these things,' said Mr. McIlduff. "'I don't quite see where we come into it, though.' "'But surely,' William began. Mrs. Arcanum patted her hair. "'I've always thought Lord Veterinari was a most handsome man,' she said." And then looked flustered when they all stared at her. I mean, I'm just a little surprised there isn't a lady veterinary, as it were. Ahem. Oh, well, you know what they say, said Mr. Windling. A pair of arms shot out across the table, grabbed the surprised man by the lapels, and pulled him up so that his face was a few inches from William's. I don't know what they say, Mr. Windling, he shouted. "'But you know what they say, Mr Windling. "'Why don't you tell us what they say, Mr Windling? "'Why don't you tell us who told you, Mr Windling?' "'Mr De Word, really,' said Mrs Arcanum. "'Mr Prone pulled the toast out of the way. "'I'm very sorry about this, Mrs Arcanum,' said William, "'still holding the struggling man. "'But I want to know what everyone knows, "'and I want to know how they know it. "'Mr Windling?' "'They say he has got some sort of lady friend "'who is very important in Uberwald.' "'said Mr Windling. "'And I'll thank you to let go of me.' "'And that's it. "'What's so sinister about that? "'It's a friendly country.' "'Yes, but, yes, but they say.' "'William let go. "'Windling rocked back into his chair, "'but William stayed standing, breathing heavily. "'Well, I wrote the article in the Times,' he snapped. "'And what's in there is what I say, me.' because I found things out and checked things, and people who say ing a lot tried to kill me. I'm not the man that's the brother of some man you met in the pub. I'm not some stupid rumour put about to make trouble, so just remember that before you try any of that everyone-knows-stuff. And in an hour or so, I've got to go up to the palace and see Commander Vimes and whoever is the patrician and a lot of other people to get the whole thing sorted out. And it's not going to be very nice, but I'm going to have to do it because I wanted you to know things that are important.' "'Sorry about the teapot, Mrs Arcanum. I'm sure it can be mended.' "'In the ensuing silence, Mr Prone picked up the paper and said, "'You write this?' "'Yes.' "'I... I... I thought they had special people.' "'All heads turned back to William. "'There isn't a they. There's just me and a young lady. We write it all.' "'But who tells you what to put in?' "'The heads turned back to William.' We just decide Er uh, is it true about the big silver discs kidnapping people? No. To William's surprise, Mr Cartwright actually raised his hand. Yes, Mr Cartwright I've got quite an important question, Mr DeWord, what with you knowing all this stuff? Yes? Have you got the address of this funny vegetable man? William and Otto arrived at the palace at five minutes to ten. There was a small crowd around the gates. Commander Vimes was standing in the courtyard, talking to Slant and some of the guild leaders. He smiled in a humourless way when he saw William. "'You're rather late, Mr. DeWord,' he said. "'I'm early. I meant that things have been happening.' Mr. Slant cleared his throat. "'Mr. Scrope has sent a note,' he said. "'It appears... That he is ill. William pulled out his notebook. The civic leaders focused on it. He hesitated, and then uncertainty evaporated. I'm a de word, he thought. Don't you dare look down your noses at me. You've got to move with the times. Oh, well, he goes. Was it signed by his mother, he said. I don't follow your meaning, said the lawyer. But several of the guild leaders turned their heads away. "'What's happening now, then?' said William. "'We don't have a ruler?' "'Happily,' said Mr. Slant, who looks like a man in a private hell. "'Lord Vetinari is feeling very much better "'and expects to resume his duties to-morrow.' "'Excuse me, is he allowed to write that down?' "'said Lord Downey, head of the Assassins' Guild, as William made a note. "'Allowed by who?' said Vimes. "'Whom?' said William, under his breath. Well, he can't just write down anything, can he? said Lord Downey. Supposing he writes down something we don't want him to write down. Vimes looked William firmly in the eye. There's no law against it, he said. Lord Veterinari is not going to go on trial then, Lord Downey, said William, holding Vimes's gaze for a second. Downey, baffled, turned to slant can he ask me that he said just come out with a question just like that yes my lord do i have to answer it it is a reasonable question in the circumstances my lord but you don't have to do you have a message for the people of ank said william sweetly do we mr slant said lord danny mr slant sighed "'It may be advisable, my lord, yes.' "'Oh, well, then. "'No, there won't be a trial, obviously.' "'And he's not going to be pardoned?' said William. "'Lord Downey turned to Mr Slant, who gave a little sigh. "'Again, my lord, it is all right, all right. "'No, he's not going to be pardoned, "'because it's quite clear that he is quite guiltless,' said Downey testily. "'Would you say that this has become clear because of the excellent work done by Commander Vimes "'and his dedicated band of officers aided in a small way by the Times?' said William. "'Lord Danny looked blank. "'Would I say that?' he said. "'I think you possibly would, yes, my lord,' said Slant, sinking further in gloom. "'Oh, then I would,' said Danny. "'Yes.' He craned his neck to see what William was writing down. Out of the corner of his eye, William saw Vimes's expression. It was a strange mixture of amusement and anger. "'And would you say, as spokesman for the Guild Council, "'that you are commending Commander Vimes?' said William. "'Now, see, here,' Vimes began, "'I suppose we would, yes. "'I expect there's a watch medal or a commendation in the offing. "'Now, look,' Vimes began, "'yes, very probably, very probably.' said Lord Downey, now thoroughly buffeted by the winds of change. William painstakingly wrote this down too, and closed his notebook. This caused a general air of relief amongst the others. "'Thank you very much, my lord, and ladies and gentlemen,' he said cheerfully. "'Oh, Mr. Vimes, do you and I have anything to discuss?' "'Not right at this moment,' growled Vimes. "'Oh, that's good. "'Well, I must go and get this written up, so thank you once.' "'You will, of course, show this article to us "'before you put it in the paper,' said Lord Downey, rallying a little. "'William wore his haughtiness like an overcoat. "'Um, no, I don't think I will, my lord. "'It's my paper, you see.' "'Can he?' "'Yes, my lord, he can,' said Mr Slant. "'I'm afraid he can. "'The right to free speech is a fine old ankh tradition good heavens is it yes my lord how did that one survive i couldn't say my lord said slant but mr dawward he added staring at william is i believe a young man who would not go out of his way to upset the smooth running of the city william smiled at him politely "'nodded to the rest of the company "'and walked back across the courtyard "'and out into the street. "'He waited until he was some distance away "'before he burst out laughing. "'A week went past. "'It was notable because of the things that didn't happen. "'There was no protest from Mr Kearney or the Engravers Guild. "'William wondered if he had been carefully moved "'into the To Be Left Alone file. "'After all, people might be thinking,' Veterinari probably owed the Times a favour, and no one would want to be that favour, would they? There was no visit from the Watch, either. There had been rather more street cleaners around than usual, but after William sent a hundred dollars to Harry King, plus a bouquet for Mrs King, Gleam Street was no longer gleaming. They'd moved to another shed while the old one was being rebuilt. Mr Cheese had been easy to deal with, he just wanted money.' "'You know where you stand with simple people like that, "'even if it is with your hand and your wallet.' "'A new press had been rolled in, "'and once again money had made the effort almost frictionless. "'It had already been substantially redesigned by the dwarfs. "'This shed was smaller than the old one, "'but Sakarissa had contrived to partition off a tiny editorial space. "'She put a potted plant and a coat rack in it, "'and talked excitedly of the space they'd have "'when the new building was finished, "'but William reckoned that, however big it was, "'it would never be neat.' Newspaper people thought the floor was a big, flat filing cabinet. He had a new desk, too. In fact, it was better than a new desk. It was a genuine antique one, made of genuine walnut, inlaid with leather and with two inkwells, lots of drawers and genuine woodworm. At a desk like that, a man could write. They hadn't brought the spike. William was pondering over a letter from the Ankh-Morpork League of Decency... When the sense that someone was standing nearby made him look up. Saccharissa had ushered in a small group of strangers, although after a second or two he recognised one of them as the late Mr. Bendy, who was merely strange. You remember you said we ought to get more writers, she said. You know Mr. Bendy, and this is Mrs. Tilly, a small white haired woman bobbed a curtsey to William, who likes cats and really nasty murders, and Mr. O'Biscuit, a rangy young man, who's all the way from 4X and looking for a job before he goes home. Really? What did you do in 4X, Mr. O'Biscuit? I was at Bagrap University, mate. You're a wizard? Nah, mate, they threw me out cos of what I write in the student magazine. What was that? Everything, really. Oh. And, Mrs. Tilly, I think you wrote a lovely, well-spelled and grammatical letter to us, suggesting that everyone under the age of 18 should be flogged once a week to stop them being so noisy. Once a day, Mr. DeWord? said Mrs Tilly. That'll teach him to go around being young. William hesitated, but the press needed feeding, and he and Sacharissa needed time off. Rocky was supplying some sports news, and while it was unreadable to William, he put it in on the basis that anyone keen on sports probably couldn't read. There had to be more staff. It was worth a try. Very well, then, he said. We'll give you all a trial, starting right... Oh. He stood up. Everyone turned round to see why. Please, don't bother, said Lord Vettinari from the doorway. This is meant to be an informal visit. Taking on new staff, I see. The patrician walked across the floor, followed by Drumnot. Ah, yes, said William. Are you all right, sir? Oh, yes, busy, of course. Such a lot of reading to catch up on. But I thought I should take a moment to come and see this... Free press, Commander Vimes has told me about at considerable length. He tapped one of the iron pillars of the press with his cane. However, it appears to be firmly bolted down. Uh, no, sir, I mean free in the sense of what is printed, sir, said William. But surely you charge money. Yes, but... Oh, I see. You meant you should be free to print what you like. There was no escape. Well... "'Broadly, yes, sir.' "'Because that's what's in the what?' was the other interesting term. "'Ah, yes, the public interest.' "'Lord Vetinari picked up a piece of type and inspected it carefully. "'I think so, sir. "'These stories about man eating goldfish "'and people's husbands disappearing in big silver dishes?' "'No, sir.' That's what the public is interested in. We do the other stuff, sir. Amusingly shaped vegetables? Well, a bit of that, sir. Sacharissa calls them human interest stories. About vegetables and animals? Yes, sir, but at least they're real vegetables and animals. So, we have what the people are interested in and human interest stories, which is what humans are interested in, and the public interest, which no one is interested in. Except the public, sir, said William, trying to keep up, which isn't the same as people and humans. I think it's more complicated than that, sir. Obviously. Do you mean that the public is a different thing from the people you see just walking about the place? The public thinks big "'sensible measured thoughts while people run around doing silly things?' "'I think so. I may have to work on that idea, too, I admit.' "'Hmm. Interesting. "'I have certainly noticed that groups of clever and intelligent people "'are capable of really stupid ideas,' said Lord Vetinari. "'He gave William a look which said, "'I can read your mind even the small print.' "'and then gazed around the press-room again. "'Well, I can see you have an eventful future ahead of you, "'and I wouldn't wish to make it any more difficult "'than it is clearly going to be. "'I notice you have work going on.' "'We're putting up a semaphore post,' said Saccharissa proudly. "'We'll be able to get a klax straight from the big trunk tower, "'and we're opening offices in Stolat and Pseudopolis. "'Lord Vetinari raised his eyebrows. "'My word!' he said. "'Many new deformed vegetables will become available. "'I shall look forward with interest to seeing them.' "'William decided not to rise to this one. "'It amazes me how the news you have so neatly fits the space available,' "'Lord Vetinari went on, staring down at the page Bodney was working on. "'No little gaps anywhere. "'And every day something happens that is important enough "'to be at the top of the first page, too.' How strange. Oh, receive takes an E after the C. Bodney looked up. Lord Vetinari's cane swung round with a hiss and hovered in the middle of a densely packed column. The dwarf looked closer and nodded and took out a small tool. It's upside down to him and back to front, thought William, and the words in the middle of the text, and he spotted it. "'Things that are back to front are often easier to comprehend "'if they are upside down as well,' said Lord Vetinari, "'tapping his chin with the silver knob of his cane "'in an absent-minded way, in life as in politics. "'What have you done with Charlie?' said William. "'Lord Vetinari looked at him in nothing but innocent surprise. "'Why, nothing. Should I have done something?' "'Have you locked him up?' "'said Saccharissa suspiciously, "'in a deep cell, and made him wear a mask all the time, "'and have all his meals brought by a deaf and dumb jailer?' Uh, "'No, I don't think so,' said Lord Veterinari, giving her a smile. "'Although it would make a very good story, I have no doubt. "'No, I understand he's enrolled in the Guild of Actors, "'though, of course, I realise that there are those "'who would consider a deep dungeon a preferred alternative.' I foresee a happy career for him, nevertheless. Children's parties, and so on. What? As being you? Indeed. Very risible. And perhaps when you have some boring duty to perform, or have to sit for an oil painting, you'll have a little job for him, said William. "Hm," mm, said Veterinari. William had thought that Vimes had a blank look. "'but he'd been wreathed in smiles compared to his lordship "'when Lord Vettinari wanted to look blank. "'Do you have any more questions?' "'Mr. DeWord. "'I will have a lot,' said William, pulling himself together. "'The Times will be taking a very close interest in civic affairs. "'How commendable,' said the patrician. "'If you contact Drumnod here, "'I'm sure I will find time to grant you an interview.' "'The right word in the right place,' William thought." Unpleasant as the knowledge was, his ancestors had always been amongst the first to get to grips in any conflict. In every siege, every ambush, every stricken dash against fortified emplacements, some deward had galloped towards death or glory, and sometimes both. No enemy was too strong, no wound was too deep, no sword was too heavy for a deward. No grave was too deep either. As his instincts wrestled with his tongue, he could feel his ancestors behind him pushing him into the fray, Vetinari was too obviously playing with him. Oh, well, at least let's die for something decent. Onward to death or glory or both. I am sure, my lord, that whenever you wish for an interview, the times will be prepared to grant you one, he said, if space allows. He hadn't realised how much background noise there was until it stopped. Drumnod had closed his eyes. Saccharissa was staring straight ahead, the dwarfs stood like statues finally lord veterinari broke the silence the times you mean you and this young lady here he said raising his eyebrows oh i see it's like the public well if i can be of any help to the times we won't be bribed either said william he knew he was galloping in among the sharpened stakes here, but he'd be damned before he'd be patronised. "'Bribed?' said Veterinari. "'My dear sir, seeing what you're capable of for nothing, I'd hesitate to press even a penny in your hand. "'No, I have nothing to offer you except thanks, which of course are notorious for their evaporative tendencies.' "'Ah, a little idea occurs.' "'I shall be having a small dinner on Saturday. "'Some of the guild leaders, a few ambassadors. "'All rather dull, but perhaps you and your very bold young lady. "'I do beg your pardon. "'I meant, of course, the Times would like to attend.' "'I don't!' William began and stopped suddenly. "'A shoe scraping down your shin can do that.' "'The Times would be delighted,' said Zacharissa, beaming. "'Capital! In that case... "'There is a favour I need to ask to tell the truth,' said William. "'Vetinari smiled. "'Of course. "'If I can do anything for the Ty... "'Will you be going to Harry King's daughter's wedding on Saturday?' "'To his secret delight, the look that Vetinari gave him "'seemed to be blank because the man hadn't got anything to fill it with. "'But Drumknot leaned towards him, and there were a few whispered words. "'Ah,' said the patrician, "'Harry King, ah, yes, a positive incarnation of the spirit "'that has made our city what its today. to-day. "'Haven't I always said that, Drumknot?' Uh, "'Yes, indeed, sir.' "'I shall certainly attend. "'I expect a lot of other civic leaders will be there.' "'The question was left delicately spinning in the air. "'As many as possible,' said William. "'Fine carriages, tiaras, stately robes,' "'said Lord Vetinari, to the knob of his cane.' "'Lots!' "'Yes, I am sure they will be there,' said Lord Vetinari, and William knew that Harry King would walk his daughter past more top knobs than he could count, and while the world of Mr King did not have a lot of space for letters, he could count very carefully indeed. Mrs King was going to have joyful hysterics out of sheer passive snobbery.' "'In return, however,' said the patrician, I must ask you not to upset Commander Vimes, he gave a little cough. More than necessary. I'm sure we can all pull together, sir. Lord Vetinari raised his eyebrows. Oh, I do hope not. I really do hope not. Pulling together is the aim of despotism and tyranny. Free men pull in all kinds of directions. He smiled. It's the only way to make progress. That and... "'Of course. Moving with the times. Good day to you.' He nodded to them and walked out of the building. "'Why is everyone still here?' William demanded, when the spell had broken. "'We still don't know what we shall be doing,' said Mrs Tilly, hopelessly. "'Go and find out things that people want to put in the paper,' said Saccharissa. "'And things that people don't want put in the paper,' William added. And interesting things," said Saccharissa, "like that rain of dogs there was a few months ago," said Obiscuit. "There was no rain of dogs two months ago," William snapped. "But one puppy is not a rain. It fell out of a window. Look, we are not interested in pet precipitation, spontaneous combustion, or people being carried off by weird things from out of the sky, unless it happens," said Saccharissa. "Well, obviously we are, if it does happen." Said William. But when it doesn't, we're not, OK? News is unusual things happening. And usual things happening, said Saccharissa, screwing up a report from the Ankh-Morpork Funny Vegetable Society. And usual things, yes, said William. But news is mainly what someone somewhere doesn't want you to put in the paper. Except that sometimes it isn't, said Saccharissa again. News is. said William and stopped. They watched him politely, as he stood with his mouth open and one finger raised. "'News,' he said, "'all depends, but you'll know it when you see it. Clear? Right. Now go and find some.' "'That was a bit abrupt,' said Sacharissa, after they'd filed out. "'Well, I was thinking,' said William. "'I mean, it's been a, a funny old time all round, what with one thing and another. "'People trying to kill us? You're being imprisoned? A plague of dogs?' ''The place catching on fire? You're being cheeky to Lord Veterinari,'' said Sacharissa. ''Yes, well, so, would it really matter if you and I, you know, you and I took the afternoon off? I mean,'' he added desperately, ''it doesn't say anywhere that we have to publish every day, does it?'' ''Except at the top of the newspaper,'' said Sacharissa. ''Yes, but you can't believe everything you read in the newspapers.'' ''Well, all right, I'll just finish this report.'' "'Messages for you, Mr William,' said one of the dwarfs, "'dropping a pile of paper on his desk. "'William grunted and glanced through them. "'There were a few test claxies from Lanker and Stolat, "'and already he could see that pretty soon "'he'd have to go out into the country to train some real, yes, "'reporters of news, "'because he could see there was only a limited future "'in these earnest missives from village grocers and publicans "'who'd paid a penny a line. "'There were a couple of carrier pigeon messages too "'from those people who couldn't get a grip on the new technology.' "'Ye gods,' he said under his breath, "'the mayor of Quirm has been struck by a meteorite. Again.' "'Can that happen?' said Sacharissa. "'Apparently. This is from Mr. Pune at the council offices there. "'Sensible chap, not much imagination. "'He says that this time it was waiting for the mayor in an alley. "'Really? The woman we get our linen from has got a son "'who is the lecturer in vindictive astronomy at the university. "'Would he give us a quote?' He smiles at me when he sees me in the shop, said Sacharissa firmly. So he will. OK, if you can. Afternoon, folks! Mr. Wintler was standing at the counter. He was holding a cardboard box. Oh, dear, murmured William. Just you take a look at this one, said Mr. Wintler, a man who would not take a hint if it was wrapped around a lead pipe. I think we've had enough funny ve- William began and stopped. It was a big potato that the rubicund man was lifting from his box. It was knobbly, too. William had seen knobbly potatoes before. They could look like faces, if that was the way you wanted to amuse yourself. But with this one, you didn't have to imagine a face. It had a face. It was made up of dents and knobs and potato eyes, but it looked very much like a face that had been staring madly into his and trying to kill him very recently.' He remembered it quite well, because he still occasionally woke up around three a.m. with it in front of him. "'It's not exactly funny,' said Sacharissa, glancing sideways at William. "'Amazing, isn't it?' said Mr. Wintler. "'I wouldn't have brought it round, but you've always been very interested in them.' "'A day without a bifurcated parsnip,' said Sacharissa sweetly, "'is a day without sunshine, Mr. Wintler. "'William?' "'Huh?' said William." tearing his eyes away from the potato head. Is it me, or does it look surprised? It does, rather, said Saccharissa. Did you just dig this up? said William. Oh, no, it's been in one of my sacks for months, said Wintler, which upset an occult train of thought that had started to trundle through William's head. But the universe was a funny place. Cause and effect? "'Effect and cause. "'He'd rip off his right arm rather than write that down, though. "'What are you going to do with it?' he said. "'Boil it?' "'Oh, bless you, no. "'The variety's far too floury. "'No, this one's going to be chips.' "'Chips, eh?' said William. "'And it seemed, strangely, exactly the right thing to do. "'Yes. "'Yes, that's a good idea. "'Let it fry, Mr. Wintler. "'Let it fry.' The clock moved on. One of the reporters came in to say that the Alchemists Guild had exploded and did this count as news. Otto was summoned from his crypt and sent out to get a picture. William finished his piece about yesterday's events and passed it over to the dwarfs. Someone came in and said there was a big crowd in Sator Square because the bursar, 71, was sitting on a roof seven floors up, looking puzzled. Sacharissa, wielding her pencil with care crossed out every adjective in a report of the Ankh-Morpork Floral Arranging Society, reducing its length by half. William went out to find out about the Bursa, 71, then wrote a few short paragraphs. Wizards doing odd things wasn't news. Wizards doing odd things was wizards. He threw the piece into the out tray and looked at the press. It was black and big and complex. Without eyes, without a face, without life, it looked back at him. "'he thought. "'You don't need old sacrificial stones. "'Lord Vetinari was wrong about that. "'He touched his forehead. "'The bruise had long ago faded. "'You put your mark on me. "'Well, I'm wise to you. "'Let's go,' he said. "'Saccharissa looked up, still preoccupied. "'What?' "'Let's go. Out. Now. "'For a walk, or tea, or shopping,' said William. "'Let's not be here. "'Don't argue, please.' "'Coat on, now, before it realises, before it finds a way to stop us.' "'What are you talking about?' "'He pulled her coat off the peg and grabbed her arm. "'No time to explain.' "'She allowed herself to be dragged out into the street, "'where William took a deep breath and relaxed. "'Now, would you mind telling me what that was all about?' said Sacharissa. "'I've got a pile of work in there, you know.' "'I know. Come on. We're probably not far enough away. "'There's a new noodle place opened in Elm Street.' "'Everyone says it's pretty good. How about it?' "'But there's all that work to do. "'So it'll still be there tomorrow, won't it?' "'She hesitated. "'Well, an hour or two won't hurt, probably,' she admitted. "'Good, let's go.' "'They'd reached the junction of Treacle Mine Road and Elm Street "'when it caught up with them. "'There were cries further along the street. "'William swivelled his head saw the four-horse brewer's dray thundering out of control. He saw the people diving and scuttling out of the way. He saw the soup-plate's hooves throw up mud and ice. He saw the brasses on the harness, the gleam, the steam. His head swivelled the other way. He saw the old woman with two sticks crossing the street, quite oblivious of the onrushing death. He saw the shawl, the white hair. A blur went past him. The man, twisted in the air, landed on his shoulder in the centre of the street, rolled upright, grabbed the woman and leapt. The wayward wagon went by in a rush of steam and slush. The team tried to corner at the crossroads. The dray behind them did not. A melee of hooves and horses and wheels and sleet and screams whirled onwards and took the windows out of several shops before the cart rammed up against the stone pillar and stopped dead. In obedience to the laws of physics and the narrative of such things, its load did not. The barrels burst their bonds... Crashed down onto the street and rolled onwards. A few smashed, filling the gutter with suds. The others, thumping and banging into one another, became the focus of attention of every upright citizen who could recognise a hundred gallons of beer which suddenly didn't belong to anyone anymore, and was headed for freedom. William and Saccharissa looked at one another. Okay, I'll get the story, you go and find Otto. They said that at the same time, and then stared defiantly at each other. All right, all right, said William. "'Find some kid, bribe him to get Otto. "'I'll talk to that plucky watchman "'who grabbed the old lady in a mercy dash. "'You cover the big smash, okay? "'I'll find the kid,' said Sacarissa, "'pulling out her own notebook. "'But you cover the accident and the beer-barrel bonanza, "'and I'll talk to the white-haired granny. "'Human interest, right?' "'All right,' William conceded. "'That was Captain Carrot who did the rescue. "'Make sure Otto gets a picture and get his age.' "'Of course!' William headed towards the crowd around the smashed wagon. Many people were in distant pursuit of the barrels, and the odd scream suggested that thirsty people seldom realise how hard it is to stop a hundred gallons of beer in a big oak cask when it's on a roll. He dutifully noted down the name on the side of the dray. A couple of men were helping the horses up, but they did not appear to have much to do with beer delivery. They appeared to be men who simply wanted to help lost horses and take them home and make them better. If this had to mean dying areas of their coats, and swearing blind they'd owned them for the last two years, then so be it. He approached a bystander not obviously engaged in any felonious activity. ex he began, but the citizen's eyes had already detected the notebook. "'I saw it all,' he said. "'Did you?' "'It was a terrible scene,' said the man at dictation speed.' But the watchman made a death defying plunge to rescue the old lady, and he deserves a medal. Really? said William, scribbling fast. And you are Samuel R Blaster, forty three, stonemason of eleven B the Scowers, said the man. I saw it too, said a woman next to him urgently. Mrs. Florrie Perry, blonde mother of three, from Dolly Sisters. It was a scene of carnage. "'William risked a glance at his pencil. "'It was a kind of magic wand. "'Where's the iconographer?' said Mrs Perry, looking around hopefully. Um, not here yet,' said William. "'Oh!' she looked disappointed. "'Shame about the poor woman with the snake, wasn't it? "'I expect he's off taking pictures of her.' "'Er, uh, I hope not,' said William. "'It was a long afternoon. "'One barrel had rolled into a barber-shop and exploded.' Some of the brewer's men turned up, and there was a fight with several of the barrel's new owners, who claimed rights of salvage. One enterprising man tapped a barrel by the roadside and set up a temporary pub. Otto arrived. He took pictures of barrel rescuers. He took a picture of the fight. He took pictures of the watch arriving to arrest everyone still standing. He took pictures of the white-haired old lady and the proud Captain Carrot, and, in his excitement, of his thumb. It was a good story all round. "'and William was halfway through writing his part of it back at the Times "'when he remembered. "'He'd watched it happening, and he'd reached for his notebook. "'That was a worrying thought,' he told Saccharissa. "'So,' she said, from her side of the desk, "'how many L's in Gallant?' Two, said William. "'I mean, I didn't try to do anything. "'I thought, this is a story and I have to tell it.' "'Yep,' said saccharissa Still bowed over her writing. We've been press-ganged. But it's not... Look at it like this, said Saccharissa, starting a fresh page. Some people are heroes, and some people jot down notes. Yes, but that's not very... Sacharissa glanced up and flashed him a smile. Sometimes they're the same person, she said. This time it was William who looked down, modestly. You think that's really true, he said. She shrugged. Really true? Who knows? This is a newspaper, isn't it? It just has to be true until tomorrow. William felt the temperature rise. Her smile had really been attractive. Are you sure? Oh, yes. True until tomorrow is good enough for me. And behind her, the big black vampire of a printing press waited to be fed, and to be brought alive in the dark of the night for the light of the morning. It chopped the complexities of the world into little stories, and it was always hungry. And it needed a double-column story for page two, William remembered. And, a few inches under his hand, a woodworm chewed its way contentedly through the ancient timber. Reincarnation enjoys a joke as much as the next philosophical hypothesis. As it chewed, the woodworm thought... This is in good wood, because nothing has to be true for ever, just for long enough, to tell you the truth. That is the end of The Truth. It was written by Terry Pratchett and read by Stephen Briggs.